Duke! Duke! Man, I figured you'd send one of your boys. What, I missed my chance to rub elbows with the uglier face of the LUQ? Not a chance. How's it going, Rafe? It's, uh, Storm now. Whatever you say, hero. It's your dither. Can't tell me why you're footing the bill to have a mule on site for a luck job? Normally, I, uh, I wouldn't stress it, but this quest I want my kids for, man. It came down from a department head. And that's... It's weird. It's fucking weird. Department heads are... Well, they're like local lords. As long as they're showing results, King couldn't care less how they're getting them. If they're not causing problems. And what's that got to do with this? Well, uh, little league quests are usually prefab or controlled in some way. The exception is qualifiers for the finals. and This one's coming through with the stink of a big fat corporate favor. And I can't have these rugrats strolling into something they don't understand just to cover up some big chief's ass. And that's where I come in. Yeah, here. <laughs> this the request? That's a lot of footnotes. Take a peek under the location header. You freaking kidding me? Afraid none. And they're using kids for this? Claim they don't have a choice. Shit, Rafe. This is serious. Storm. Shit, Storm's right. No, my, na- my name. Nah, never mind. Look, all I need to know is what we're dealing with and if there's any dirty pool. Plus, a union rep on site means nothing gets scrubbed. Think of yourself as a loud, gin-soaked insurance policy. Hey, I'm dry now, Rafe. Well, I'm Storm now, Duke. Right. Sorry. These kids should be here any minute. Mind man in the wagon for me. Is that what that is? Shut up. It's my lucky wagon. Lucky it can even hold your weight. I'd like to see you hold my weight. Hey, that came out wrong. Oh, shit. Here comes Grigori. Now where the hell's his mom? Come on again? The carriage creaks and strains under its burden. Not the four children packed into its ample cabin, but the massive orc whose presence has turned what would have been a spacious and comfortable trip into a cramped and uncomfortable affair. Stormclad Thundertongue looks at all of you with soft eyes of an empathetic father. There's pity there, but love. Now, as y'all know, we, uh, we fell short of the completion rate needed to qualify for this year's final intramural tournament. <sighs> Now, I know some of you are beating yourself up. He pointedly looks at Grigori. And I know some of you are a little overconfident. And he looks at Svoltir. I shrug. <laughs> but you all done the best you could. And pound for pound, you're the best damn team they got. Yeah. And your caution, your enthusiasm. Yeah. Your boldness and your intelligence are what makes you good. So don't question yourself. One day you might come to the league proper. And those things are going to save you. Ah, hell. I'm proud of you. Uh, Grigori peeks out from behind a wall of black shadowy fur as Virgil, the hellhound, is like sitting in his lap in this <laughs> tiny wagon. Uh, so there's just a pair of gray horns kind of poking up over the top, and he says, Thank you, Mr. Thundertongue. <sighs> you got nothing to thank me for, kiddo. Oh, oh, it looks like we're getting here. Amelia is huddled over on one side of the cart, hugging her knees to her chest. She's looking off into the distance, away from the other party members. She looks crushed. <laughs> Sonny is uh, beaming and looking around. He's like, what is this? What is this cool place? Oh, man. Uh, Storm leans past the giant dog and pulls open the curtains, and you can see that you are in the middle of absolute nowhere. There's, there's no place where places should be. Yeah. Well, kids, here's the thing. <sighs> Now, I know you thought you were going to a normal, ordinary quest, and this is a, this is a, this is a complicated one. Um, <clears throat> I hope it's not too complicated. Well, 
uh, let me just, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. Why? <sighs> Gosh, Sonny, shut up. Why? <laughs> Full disclosure, this is a challenge rating three. At that, your blood runs cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> None of you have handled a challenge rating three before. Mm-hmm. Your last challenge rating was a two, and that was the mission that you failed. Salty is three a lot. It's more than two. Grigori has a little LUQ pamphlet um, and is like looking through the, the dossier of level three quests. Be like, oh God, listen, men, say one. What'd you find? What'd you find? N- 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 nothing. I, everything's going to be just f- f- fine. I lean, I lean over to look at the pamphlet while it's out. Is it three out of three or does it go higher than three? Nope. It's all right, Virgil. Everything's going to be just fine. It, as far as teams of our ranking are concerned, three is um, the top of the hill. It doesn't get any oh. harder than that. Really? Yeah. Well, there's two numbers after it. It can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. The color seems to drain even more from uh, Amelia's, the blue streaks in her ash blonde hair. Wait, Amy, how'd you do that? You changed color. How do you do that? What are you talking about, Sunny? You look weird. You're oh. a cat. What? You, you look very good, Amelia. I oh. didn't. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you Grigori. so what is this quest uh, while you've been doing this Storm <laughs> has just been staring at you very uncomfortable <clears throat> I wish I could say that the worst news is that it's a challenge rating 3 but the fact is that's just because that's what they think it's going to be hmm? this is not a controlled quest is that good? what? you'll remember your qualifying match yeah. it's going to be like that hmm. in more ways than one because of the special circumstances and because they know that you, well, you can handle this, they're giving you another shot. <sighs> if you pull this off, if you can get at least accomplish, as in complete the primary objective, they're prepared to bring you into the layoffs. Yeah! Oh, that would be great. That's a lot of, that's the whole lot of p- p- pressure. I, <laughs> I know. What casualty rate is appropriate for this? Um, among y'all? Mm-hmm. Uh, none. Well, I think we could bear to lose a certain tabaxi. Tech- oh. <sighs> hey, none of that. Not when I'm around. He has nine lives, doesn't he? No. Oh. Nobody wants you dead, kiddo. I didn't know that yeah. about tabaxi. <laughs> but look, the fact is, this is a serious deal. Because this is a special favor you're doing to the Nexus Enterprise. Now, I got a friend out there who's driving the carriage. I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you noticed. The man that you remember seeing earlier was dressed in what can only be described as cargo robes. <laughs> kitted out with a large number of odd doodads and gizmos and various technological gear. Khaki Mancer. <laughs> <laughs> now he's here to make sure that what they're about to send you on isn't going to be a problem for you. But that being said, I think you can handle it. And we're going to be there. We're going to be ready to help you if anything goes wrong. Yeah, as much as we can. But uh, I'll let the quest giver explain. You could see, like, you could see Sonny just bouncing up and down. It's like, mm, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I know you're excited, kitten, but uh, let's give it a second. Amelia's eyes are fixated. This is what she wants more than anything else in the world. And she is both surprised and elated and somewhat terrified at having a second chance. Grigori's looking through his guidebook for a page that does not exist about how to handle the situation. <laughs> and it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. <clears throat> We're going to be there in a few minutes. Anybody got anything to say? I think Virgil has to go to the restroom soon, but he's a good boy. He can wait till we stop petting the giant hellhound as, like, lava's, like, dripping out of its cheek. 
my gosh, that's so gross. He's not gross. He, he He's the best of us. Look, I'm not going to say I agree, but uh, <laughs> I got a soft spot for the little dog. Uh, but anyway, we're just about here. So you begin to pull up to what you assume is your destination. It's hard to say with any level of confidence because all you can see as far as the horizon is open plains and then a single bamboo thicket. Some of you have never seen bamboo before, but there it is. Plain as day, right there in the middle of nowhere. That, What's that? That is certainly not my favorite terrain. But what is it? That's uh, it's bamboo. Something you usually only get in Gengatsu, which, given the fact that we're in Leone, makes that a little uh, abnormal. Oh, okay. And then Sonny's going to try to take off. It's a locked carriage. <laughs> child locks. He doesn't know the meaning the of it. Yeah, the child locks are he's on. He's literally <laughs> running along the walls. Like, he's just ready to get out. Caught in the seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> At that, you come to a slow stop. Ahead of the carriage, you see dozens of people, some of them dressed in wizard's robes, some of them dressed in fancy suits, some of them are down and dirty you know, engineers, but all of them are frantically trying to figure out what's going on with this bamboo. These look like the guys who come ask mom for money at the end of the season. <laughs> you see ma drones and duo drones flying around trying to get as much information as they can, and you see large devices of some kind of mechanical architecture pointed at the thicket. The man on the carriage gets out and opens the door for you. He looks gruff, to say the least, but compared to Storm, he looks like a very soft and kindly gentleman. He has dirty blonde hair with a lot of graying in it, uh, kind of a scruffy beard situation, and he starts patting himself down for some things while he lets you all out. Virgil bolts out the door and like runs around in a circle and then stops and there's like steam and fire as he's like <laughs> urinating on a nearby rock. Sonny also bolts out the door, but definitely in the opposite direction. Uh, Storm runs up and starts stomping on the, the, the fire. Brush fires, kid. Brush fires. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, he couldn't hold it any longer. <laughs> Amelia is um, in anticipation of a new quest, uh, has pulled out her bejeweled and sequined spell book and is quickly trying to, to cram, study some spells. <laughs> The driver finally finds the device he was looking for, opens it up. It looks like a mechanical device. He presses a few doodads and widgets on it and makes some noises. He walks over to Storm and kind of whispers something into his ear that you can't hear. Storm nods. All right, kids, let's go talk to the quest giver. Uh, by the way, this is Anton Duce Travallo, but folks call him Duke. How's it going, kids? Hi, you ever, Duke. You having a good day? Yeah. Real Madrons. Look, Sonny. There's Woo. like eight of them up there. Oh, so shiny. Can I play with it? Stop. We got to listen now. Listen with ears. You'll get to play with them plenty later. We're going on a field trip to the headquarters uh, in a few months, but for now, you leave them alone. You got me? Okay. Good. Oh, oh hold on. Let me let me grab my notebook. I'm going to take notes. What about you, Salty? Do you want to play? I want to get that dog checked out. I've heard that when your urine burns, it's usually a bad sign. <laughs> Virgil's perfectly healthy. His, his, his pee-pee and his dribbles are supposed to do that. Dribbles. That's an impressive skill. Perhaps I can learn to do that one day myself. <laughs> that's, not, that's not in the handbook. <laughs> All right, kiddos, let's go. He starts walking forward and approaching the congregation of LUQ representatives. When we move up, I stand kind of behind Svoltir. <laughs> He's the largest wall to hide behind around here. As we're, as we're walking up, Svoltir's continuing the previous line. He's like, imagine how by surprise you would catch someone if suddenly you peed on them and it burned. 
Guys, can we stop talking about pee? <laughs> okay, Amy. Don't call me Amy. My name is Amelia. Yeah, so I said Amy. Oh my gosh. Sunny. <laughs> what? You're doing it again. What am I doing? It's time to listen now. And he kind of casually like puts his hand up and reaches for Storm's hand to just like hold his hand for some kind of comfort. Uh, Storm bypasses your hand, grabs you by the horn and just kind of like leads you around. <laughs> Sunny just goes for a running high five. <laughs> and it's nothing. <laughs> As Storm approaches, he lets go of your horn, crosses his arms and a man walks up to you. He has long silver hair very finely, neatly combed. He's an elf, at least as far as you can tell. His eyes are a pale, silvery blue. Mr. Preakness, I can't help but notice that you've brought somebody here who I did not authorize. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> quite frankly, when you ask my kids to do what you're asking them to do, I feel I am allowed to bring some assurance. This is Duke. Duke, introduce yourself. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a mule. And not just any mule, I'm kind of the union representative, you know, the steward for the local 77, the Lucinilli 77. So, quite frankly, the fact that you are asking these young children to be walking into, he looks at you, mm. a planar disturbance without protective equipment and without an accompaniment is quite frankly kind of an insult. This is ridiculous. He doesn't look like any mule that I've ever seen. What? What's a planar, what, what is that? You cannot bring union representatives to a League of Ultimate Questing affair. This is outrageous. Look, your outrage notwithstanding, I think the outrage is these kids going into something they don't understand. You can't even send a Modrone with them. Wait, you don't get shiny toys? Um, there, do, well, there are other planes of existence, like, um, hell. Um, <laughs> I and, like that's his go-to. Wait, no Modron? <laughs> You'll be provided with a Unidrone a small Maldron accompaniment. It is incapable of making any communications. It is incapable of dimensional interference. The best it can do is provide feed, which is what we need. So far as we can tell, Maldrons are too large. But oh. people are still going to see us. Yes, this is going to be televised. I assure you. Oh, gosh. You just see Sunny's tail wagging a little faster. What do you mean by d disturb disturbance? <sighs> Well, since you've jumped down my throat before I've had the opportunity to give you the quest, allow me to start from the beginning. Sorry. Not you, little one. I am Merriam Silverist, department head for planar affairs. Some time ago, roughly two months, a young child by the name of Brighton Minsk wandered into this pocket dimension. Unfortunately, due to a peculiar mechanism of this rift, our intel is limited and we are unable to send a reconnaissance team. It would seem that despite our best efforts, only children can enter. A unidrone requires an anchor, a living entity that it can sup a small portion of life force from, and unfortunately, we have already lost one worker in the attempt. These fine ladies and gentlemen here are working tirelessly to open the portal in earnest and allow us to send professionals in, but because of Brighton's disappearance, it is required that we send somebody in with haste. It was only recently discovered that this is in fact where he disappeared. His vital essences have been found in the area. Uh, th th there's an another kid stuck out there somewhere. <gasps> so there we have to go find a friend? Rule three of the survival scouts is no friends left behind. Yes, exactly. And I'd like you to treat this as your number one priority. That being said, your primary objective is to recover Brighton Minsk or, as necessary, his remains. Your secondary objective is to stabilize and fully open or destroy the portal. 
and your tertiary objective, and this is a personal favor to me, is to gather as much information as possible regarding the existence of this portal and what sustains it. Well, uh, uh, Amelia's a, a wizard. She she must know all about magic and portals and stuff. I I haven't studied that kind of ma- That's super advanced. That's okay. We're going to go find a new friend. <clears throat> Let's go. Okay, mm-hmm. so objective number one. Find Brighton Mints. Okay. Objective number two, destroy or shut down the portal. Okay. Objective number three, mm-hmm. gather information about what's creating it and what's sustaining it. Almost correct. Secondary objective is to stabilize or shut down the portal. In that order? Yes. If possible, we want this stabilized. Uh, I've never been very good at destruction or being stable. <laughs> so do we know anything about the plane that it leads to? We do not. Unfortunately, the only readouts we can get. Yeah, excuse me, fancy pants. Let me go ahead and do my job here, okay? Since your people are clearly incompetent. He walks forward with a few unusual devices and starts connecting them into each other. He winds something up and walks up to the bamboo thicket. As soon as he gets up to it, he starts wobbling. Sonny just like tiptoe overs to this device and just like, oh, what is this? This, my little friend, is a device whose purpose is kind of uh, manifold. As he's talking, he just goes, he tries to touch it. He slaps your hand. (laughs) The intent... And he tries again. He grabs your hand and holds it gently. Yeah. The intent is to try and gauge what kind of planar energies we got going on here. Now, there's a possibility it could be something elemental, which gives us a little bit more information. If it's, say, I don't know, something uh, flame-related, I'll be able to know. But I'm good with fire. You will not be good with this fire. Trust me. Okay. <clears throat> please not fire, please not fire, please not fire. Can I touch please it? Not fire. <laughs> you cannot. Hmm. Sonny, come back here. Okay. He starts doing his little doodattery and eventually walks up to Storm and Miriam and then they separate a little bit and start having kind of a raised conversation. Any chance I can perceive what they're saying? Oh, what do you got? Uh, perception. Oh, sure, yeah. As a trained skill. Because he's super paranoid and if adults it's... are talking, he always tries to eavesdrop. Sure, yeah. I should also do that because I probably uh, have the best hearing. 20 total. Sure, yeah. You, what you hear, well, at least when they raise their voices, is a lot of unacceptable, a lot of it's not enough. One clear thing you get is admittance into fit is not sufficient. The, the danger that they're presenting here is in excess of what is reasonable. Great, Corey. Why do big people yell so much? Uh, well, if, if anything from... My life has taught me that it's usually my fault, but I don't think it's that this time. Mm. Um, I think this is going to be very hard. Um, I think maybe that the number three in this situation does not mean anything. Mm. And this is perhaps somewhere in the area of maybe a five or six to whatever level that. Now, is that a lot? I don't know. (laughs) It's been my experience that numbers rarely mean anything. Just a bunch of markings on paper that people tell you have importance. (laughs) So the heat dissipates between the three and Storm approaches you. Now look, I was bound by my contract not to let you know anything until you got here. Now, we sent out information to your parents. They know what's going on. Your guardians have approved this endangerment. My dad said yes? Yes. Yes. On the condition that you agree. That being said, I was able to finagle that idiot over there out of about two grand. That's going to be 2,000 gold for each of your families. Wow. Your normal purse for a Little League quest is somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 50 gold, which is a lot for a small family. Wait, so how much nip is that? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
That's I, a lot of money. I, I, I could go to the academy with that. This is your decision. Now, they tell me that there's a time dilation effect here. Now, we don't know which direction that time dilation works. It could be faster in there, or it could be slower. So what does that mean? That means that if you go in there, there's a chance that you'll come out in five minutes and it felt like a year to you. Mm. Or you go in there, you come out in a year, and it felt like five minutes. Mm. Oh, no. Um, I guess my only real question is... He says, looking with like puppy dog eyes up into Stormclad's big soft face and say, Are we going to be all right, Mr. Thundertongue? I'm not going to lie to you, kiddo. No. If you go in there, you're taking some risk. The fact is, you're going in there to save a kid, though. And if I'm being honest, if I were you, that's what I'd do. Sonny just starts to well up. Mr. Thunder, I don't want to grow up. Look, you're only as old as you feel. And despite the fact that I feel like a dried-out turd on a bad stretch of road, I can say with some confidence that I feel young enough. But the road's fun. Uh, I think... Sonny is interpreting that perhaps the, the time delineation uh, means that he's going to become a big grown-up tabaxi. And I think it means the rest of the world is going to move different, but will be the same. That's a possibility. But Duke tells me that the dilation isn't that big. You're not looking at years here. Months at the most, or it could just be hours to minutes. Uh, if we can save another kid and do something that no other... Little League team has ever done before and get 2,000 gold, that means mum would never have to have any late night uncle visits ever again. And we could be real adventurers. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of uncles. <laughs> Me too. It's worse. It just gets worse. I'll give you some time to think about it. He walks away. This is really scary, everybody. But with that much money, my mother could move to the third ring of Anne design. She, she could move to the Merchant Square. It's changed my whole life. You see, you see Sonny's tail, like the tip of his tail just droop a little bit. And he's, he's just like rocking back and forth. He's not bouncing up and down as much as he was before. But he's thinking to himself, well, my dad said it's okay. And I can make a new friend. And it's a lot of nip, and I'm bored, so his tail picks up more. Let's go! I like that at, what, 10, 11, you're already a drug addict? Yeah. <laughs> Have you as, met cats? As as uh, as Sonny's going through all of this, like, and, and Aunt Svoltier just slowly reaches a hand out and, <laughs> and, 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 and sort of wraps it around Sonny's collar or leash or whatever we keep him on so that he doesn't just into the portal before we're all ready to go. Are you okay with that? Uh, it happens, but he definitely does a... And then, like, shoots out a fireball because you scared the living crap out of him. Storm comes running over to you and he picks both of you up, despite your size. I'm not super heavy. <laughs> Mind you, he's only able to get you about a couple inches off the ground because right. even at his fullest arm length, you're yeah. kind of just barely up there. <laughs> no team fighting. That is the one rule I have. No team fighting. Amelia has been pacing back and forth pensively. As Storm comes back over, she looks to him and says, Storm. Yeah. What are the chances that they're wrong about the size of this time dilation? He sets down Svoltir and then sets Sunny on top of Svoltir. Mm. I scratch Sunny's ears. She continues. Mm. Um, 
my my mom is a human. What if I come back and and she's old? Well, <clears throat> if it were up to the luck people, I'd say a good chance they're wrong. But that's why Duke's here. He doesn't make mistakes. I trust the Union. He knows what he's doing. Well, if Mom okayed this, then she'd want me to save Brighton. And if Dad okayed this, he really wants that 2,000 gold. (laughs) (laughs) Gregory is a little off to the side, and you see he's like on one knee looking Virgil in the face and like talking to his dog. Uh, And Virgil's just like staring off with his beady red eyes like... I don't know if it's going to be okay, Virgil. I don't know what happens when hellhounds go to other dimensions. But maybe, just maybe, if we grow up a little bit, we can be tall like Svoltia. And then maybe people can see us from far away. What was that, Grigori? I just, uh, pep talking my pup. He said he wants to grow up. Well, when you're done with your pup talk, we'll figure this out. You're so weird. Uh, well, I suppose so. Um... I don't know. Is it worth the risk? I mean, me and Mum do okay. I can I can nip some money here and there when I have to. Gregory, it'll be fun. I Are give we... I give Gregory a, a a hearty slap on the back, and I say, <laughs> "Don't worry, little one. As they say, no quest too questionable." <laughs> I'm doing it for the survival scouts. There isn't a chapter on plane of travel, but I think there's about to be. Well, okay. Show of hands. Who's in? Both paws go straight up in the air. <laughs> I raise my hand. Amelia pushes her hand up into the air. Grigori, like, slowly with a shaky hand raises, and then the other one reaches down and lifts Virgil's paw up. <laughs> <laughs> Svoltir's armpit is just starting to show armpit hair. It's, like, poking through. There's, like, three. <laughs> Gross. Your harmonic resonance is set too low. Those kids go through that now. With this thing on, they're going to disintegrate. Well, we weren't planning on letting them go through now. He shoves the guy out of the way, and he takes the vice that he's pointing at the bamboo thicket and does some recalibration. Well, the good news is if we go into the bamboo thing, um, there's lots of places to hide. Oh, he can play games. No. Why That's not? a bad idea. Why? This isn't a game, Sonny. It's always a game. I mean... Technically, to the viewers at home, it's kind of a game, but for us, it's not. Mm. Well, kids, I want you to take as much time as you need to get yourself ready. If you're all in agreement, now would be the time to get your spells ready or whatever else you got to do. Um, he'll start ruffling through a little like marble bag on his hip of all these different types of bullets for his slingshot. I um, mean, you'll like tighten it up this like devil horn wrist rocket <laughs> that he keeps on his hip and extends it and says... Oh, I really hope I don't have to use this. I start sharpening a longsword. You just see Sonny getting low to the ground, and now his butt's starting to wiggle a little bit. Okay. Does anyone have a ball of foil or something? <laughs> Miriam walks up to you. Well, kids, have you decided? Where are we in the whole disintegration category? I'm sure Mr. Duke is exaggerating. Amelia is going to take a moment to kind of position herself in a meditative state and um, try to to see visions of what is to come, which means I'm going to roll my two portent dice. Okay. Ooh, wait, what are you doing? Wizard stuff, Sonny. Don't interrupt. Trying to concentrate. (laughs) Okay. Can I help? No, Sonny. I'm trying to get visions from the future. Ooh, that sounds fun. 
yeah, well, I I have this feeling that something bad is going to happen to somebody. I take a like a silver coin and I like polish it on my like tunic. And then I reflect the sunlight into it like a, a point on the ground. And I just start shining it on the ground around where Sunny is to distract him. <laughs> he just bolts after it. And then a huge black dog plows into him yes. and pushes him away to chase it himself. So what's going on with you? Um, when when she kind of, when Amelia comes out of this meditation, she, she looks around at everyone and says, I, I've gotten glimpses of the future. I've seen both loss and gain. And I, I can't know exactly what it means, but I think the road ahead is going to be a rough one. That's amazing, Amelia. Well, I could have told you that. So it's good to have a mage on the team. Wow, the future. Well, if everybody's ready, we're going to do it quick. Um, talking head. Were you ready for that? I've heard about those. I'm hoping with this much money, we can finally get a scriv back at home. That'd be good. So... First, I'm going to have all of you put on this little bracelet. It looks like almost like a miniature version of the LUQ bracelets. Hands them to each of you. Are they all the same color? Uh, yes. Then I have no preference. <laughs> Clips it onto his wrist and there's like a whole wrist's worth of other room in there. So he's so beanpole. <laughs> uh, as soon as you notice that it's kind of wobbling a little bit, it kind of readjusts itself to the size of your wrist. Too tight, too tight. Oh. No, it's fine. Guys, it won't fit my tail. It's on your wrist, Sonny. Mm -hmm. It needs a strong pulse signal, so you're going to have to put it on your wrist. Okay. Puts it on his wrist. Um, and as soon as you do that, as soon as everybody has it on, he claps, and you see out of a small box a tiny little spherical madron. All it is is an eye encased in chrome, Ooh. and it just moves around, comes right up to you, and kind of looks at you very intimately. It looks and scans your little individual bracelets. Its eye goes from red to green. And then it just kind of sits there perfectly, hovering. Sunny's eyes just go big. Look to the others. Look to Storm. <laughs> He's probably off in the distance at this point arguing. Storm is talking to, the, to Duke at this point. Mr. Thunderman. He's busy. Thunderman. What questions do you have? I can answer them. Well, I want to go now. Not quite. I want you each, in turn... To look into the eye, mm -hmm. explain who you are, okay. and then state very clearly, I consent to enter this dimensional rift. Can I volunteer to go last? Of course. I, I look into the eye and I say, my name is Svoltir Ulfmund, son of the Red Moon, and I consent this portal. What does the eye see? Describe my character. What does the eye see? Yes, please. Uh, Svoltir is a very tall very gangly, um, relatively strong, but has not grown into his body yet, Furbolg. Um, he's got um, sort of a tussled mess of hair uh, on, on top of his head, um, longish ears, and and very built like a young basketball player, like a middle middle high, middle school, early high school, like very tall kid that that plays basketball, but hasn't like worked out enough to fill their frame out yet. Svoltir is just under seven feet tall already, but not like bulky. It's a it's a thin seven feet and a bit awkward. A beanpole. A bit of a beanpole. <laughs> um, so at home on the Scrid, they're going to be seeing a very clear set of statistics and general description. How would you describe your character? Svoltir is a scald. Um, he is not literate. 
he knows all of the tales of the great heroes of the Sons of the Red Moon and has them memorized um, in a in a vocal tradition. Um, and so he wears uh, goat hide armor, um, carries a shield and a long sword, and he he has a horn that he blows as his uh, bardic uh, focus. Hmm. Oh, okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my name is Asinai, but you can call me Sunny. I'm not, hmm, I zoom all the time, and um, I'm a cute little bunny. No, what's the word? Kitten. No, Tabaxi. Miriam, standing behind the drone, is giving you the wrap-up oh, sign. Okay. Um. Yeah, I want to do this. Let's go. He shakes his head. I consent. He gives to you the thumbs up with a nod. This dungeon thing. I consent to enter this dimensional rift. I consent to enter this dimensional rift. Excellent. Can you please give me a general class description that they see at home? Yes. Uh, Sonny is a soul, uh, way of the sun soul monk. He is a tabaxi, so he's a kitten person. Uh, he's between a lion and a tuxedo cat, so his mane is coming in just, just a little bit. He, you know, he's almost hitting puberty. He's getting there. Uh, he's got white uh, from his mouth down to his chest that blooms into like a shield pattern. Uh, his paws have white tips. Um, he is dexterous and wise and has a bit of charisma, but not as smart in case you can't tell. He often forgets uh, words, sometimes meaning words or whole words themselves, but gets really excited when he remembers them. So, yeah. She fixes her steely gaze on the Modron and states into it matter-of-factly, my name is Amelia, and my, my mom always says, you don't have to be the best, just the kindest. So we're going in for Brighton. I consent to enter the dimensional rift. Excellent. And what do the people see at home? They see a stat sheet um, kind of flit across the screen that shows that she is a half-elven wizard with a specialty in divination. Um, she herself is a gangly, like kind of long-limbed, slightly awkward preteen girl. She's wearing a homemade adventures outfit that she's made herself, which is to say it's of a mismatched sort, but generally in a palette of teals, vibrant fuchsias, and purples. She's even painted on some of her component pouches with craft paints to denote <laughs> what's in them with little symbols that are only meaningful to her. Like puff paint? Yes. Yeah. She has steely blue eyes and ash blonde hair, and in her ash blonde hair are some fading blue streaks that are now slightly green at the ends. Excellent. Uh, Grigori looks into the camera and little beads of sweat are like forming on his brow and he's just kind of like shaking and his hand is on this big shadowy dog. My, my name is Grigori Sangray from Andesign and I suppose it would be most prudent to consent to enter this dimensional... Miriam shakes his head. Oh, sorry. I just so hard to make it. I consent to enter the dimensional... Rift. He mouths the word at you. <laughs> it's just sweating bullets. Uh, and what did they see at home? 
the camera, it, when it comes to Grigori, it does a huge pan down because <laughs> everyone's probably like <laughs> at least a foot taller than him. Uh, he is a little runt of a tiefling um, under four feet. He has big, big horns that are way too big for his head and ashen gray skin. His eyes are pupilless, beady white circles. Um, he wears kind of a schoolboy uniform, like cut off shorty shorts with tall socks. Um, and he has a leather vest over the top that's adorned with tons of little colorful badges like a Boy Scout would wear. And uh, he has a long kind of swishy tail that sort of is always in his hand, twisting it nervously or kind of resting uh, on the ground and twitching at the end. And his dog, Virgil, is a hellhound puppy um, that is his very best friend. And uh, he is a Beastmaster Ranger. Um, it probably shows that he is an urchin. Um so it shows training of like the rogue bar is like a tiny little red blip at the bottom of the ranger bar. I just love the idea of <laughs> Grigori <Urchin>. urchin. <laughs> yep. Um, he is a trained survival scout graduate and comes from a broken home. <laughs> Thank you all very much. And if you're ready, I think it's time you enter the rift. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello, LU cuties. Zach here. Just spent the last week in New Hampshire upgrading and repairing essential medical equipment, and I am so glad to be back and to not have a mask on right now. I hope you're all enjoying my first foray into public DMing. Admittedly, I'm no law, but I hope you get a kick out of it anyway. If you'd like to see more one-off side stories and other specials, let us know on social media or Discord where fans can talk about theories and ask questions. It's a great time, and we have an awesome community there. You can even hear bloopers and deleted scenes from previous week's episodes if you're a Patreon subscriber. Speaking of which, I'd like to thank our legendary teams, all of whom donate $25 or more to keep us going. Those are the Cultured Cutthroats, the Iron Rhapsody, the Moonlight Vale, and this week's featured team, the Tavern Brawlers, with Dave Mladenov, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Dopathor. I'd also like to thank Anna Bromberger for her new contribution. You really are all the best, and we mark our success by your enjoyment, and there is no better indicator of that than donating to our work in this trying time. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. The world's going through a lot right now, and I can only hope that everyone is safe. But enough out of me. Let's get you back to the action. Well, I used to drive caravans. Teleportation circles put me plumb out of a job. My husband's had to go back to being a tavern wench just to help pay the bills. They just snapped their fingers and they got horseshoes, nails, whatever. I can't compete with that. You're Polly with the underpants again. Shut up, ma! You know I got the interview today! The arcane revolution has put millions of hardworking laborers out of business. And not everybody has the funds or the connections to join a wizard college. Don't become a burden to your families. Become a mule and bear your share of the burden. 
The magical union of laborers can provide you stability in a world of eldritch chaos, focusing on trades over modern college educations. Mule provides conjuring apprenticeships for construction, transportation, and manufacturing, educational demolition certificates, and abjuration training in accordance with worksite regulations that put your health and safety over profits. Don't let Longbeards and their towers dictate your future. Hey, yo, Ricky, Pastrani? Meatballs! What's this, your first time taking a lunch order? Come to our main office in Lucinilli, or contact your local union representative today. Hey, where the hell are my fries? Dry, papery bamboo leaves crush and rustle beneath your feet as you enter the thicket. The unseasonable warmth of Mackinar's nascent spring recedes, and darkness overtakes you. With each step, the darkness grows until nothing can be seen, save yourselves. You stand illuminated as though beneath a beam of moonlight, though its halo goes no farther than your outstretched hand. The darkness is hungry for sound, swallowing every errant footstep. As you navigate your way through the forest of dense but pliant vegetation, the temperature drops. You're unsure how long you've been walking, but the thicket a mere fifty feet in diameter could not contain so great a space. You know you're in the space between worlds. This is just like one of those tunnels under the dregs. They go on forever. Hello? The sound seems not to echo at all, as though you're in a soundproof room. Brighton? More silence. Sonny just takes a big whiff, like... Does Sonny smell anything? Nothing. Mm. It's almost as if you're in a sterile room. Wait, things can smell like nothing? You don't know how, but all of you are certain that to stand still is to die. The world feels like it's closing in on you, tighter and tighter and tighter. The path ahead is unknown, but the path behind is so far, you're not sure you could make it back. Which way do we go? We gotta go now. Let's go that way. Works for me. Hurry. You begin to pick up pace, whether out of panic or some other force, you cannot say. But rising pulses and heavy footfalls mount until suddenly, you're free. The cold of the void is gone, and in its place, the cold of winter. Thin flakes of frail snow play about you in breathtaking ballet, but the respite of beauty is snatched away as desperate wails rise from the darkness of the forest to either side of you. In every shadow, a figure of death, and on every tongue, a desperate plea. Is the voice still speaking? There's hundreds of them calling from all around you, all of them saying things like that. Who's there? Do you speak Signian? You can see distant shadows slowly starting to move through the bamboo. Fear rises in your throat as the shadowy figures lurch forward. Ahead of you lies a gatehouse of very peculiar design. Behind you is no nature path, but a well-worn road to places unknown that is choked with the waiting damned. I don't like this. Is there a light at the gatehouse? There are two blue lights from hanging lanterns. I wonder what they're saying. Let's forget to that house and ask someone who's not a ghost in the trees. Oh, hold on. I, um, I, I, I know comprehend languages. That's amazing. I, I, can, I can cast it as a ritual. I just need some time. Maybe we get to the house and give you time, and then we can come out and hear what the voice is saying. 
That seems prudent. As you're saying this, they are starting to urge forward. And though they walk into the light, your eyes cannot focus on them. It's as though you're seeing something you cannot see. They're like shadow, but inside of that shadow, there's a person. Let's go now, quick! Amelia looks fascinated for a moment and lags behind. You can feel a cold coming from them that is not the void and not the winter. They seem desperate, and they don't seem friendly. Is it possible to take off running towards the house? Absolutely. So you run towards you run towards the gatehouse. Is anybody following? Sonny wants to follow, but he's kind of frightened and stuck. Just to paint you a picture, you have bamboo forests on either side of a road. The road is packed with these things. The gatehouse is clear. Come on, Fred the Cat. We'd better get to that light soon. Mm. Swiltier will uh, will sort of nudge Sonny. And, and get moving that direction as well. Amelia will pause for another moment before realizing that all of her companions have left. She'll break into a run after them. Don't leave me behind! You get to the gatehouse, and it is closed tight. There's no, there's no minor door. It is either a full gate open or not at all. Hello? Is anyone there? Can you please let us in, pretty place? <laughs> you hear silence. Like, hug the wall and try to be unseen. The creatures are getting closer. You would say they're somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 feet away from you. Um, how high is the gate? Um, it's pretty high, but theoretically climbable. But you might need equipment. Okay. Does it look like there's a mechanism to open it? Uh, presumably on the other side. Or is the gate? What kind of gate is this? The gate is kind of an old weathered wood. Sonny will just pummel this gate then. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead and roll me, a, yeah. roll me an attack there. Well, we'll say you hit oh. it. Go ahead and just roll me damage. Just a simple, I don't like this! And he just pummels it because it's a pummel. I'm going to use my cat's claws, which is a 1d4 plus 2. You're clawing a wooden door? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm clawing it. I'm clawing it. Then I'm punching it. And then I'll set it on fire if I have to. Okay. Cool. He's a cat. He wants in. He's doing that thing where he's sharpening his claws on the door to yeah. try it. <laughs> so world damage on the first attack. Okay. That is a 2 plus 2, so 4. Okay, good. Amelia, you notice immediately the second he strikes the, the door, the blue lanterns flicker. They turn just a slightly more purple shade, and that same purple shade seems present on the whole wall. The moment your fist makes contact, you feel that same energy rebound back into you. Mm. You take that damage. Grigori's like analyzing the situation, and he didn't even realize that he took off before the rest of them followed. (laughs) Uh, And Virgil's definitely between him and these spooky shadows growling just... Because when he, Vir, when Grigori's scared, Virgil goes defensive mode. Sure. Svoltier, uh, maybe you can vault Sonny over the gate, and then you can pull the lever. Sonny, focus. I need you to pull the lever. Pull the... Wait, what? The door is magic or something, so if you can't, just don't, but try. What if there's scary shadows there? I don't... <laughs> I don't think Svoltir even breaks stride as he's as he's running behind <laughs> Sunny and everything. He just goes straight wait. at the wall and then up the wall. Wait, okay, wait. cool. Are you going for the wall or the gatehouse? Uh, whichever one's shorter. The wall. Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try and and basically parkour up the wall and onto the other side. How I'm, tall is the wall? Uh, you'd say probably about uh, twelve feet. Okay. Um, as you're running up the wall to vault over it, I will. Use the spell gust to try to help push you upwards. A little, a little extra vertical lift. <laughs> All right. Can Sunny just get caught accidentally in the gust? Uh, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Excellent. All right. You want me to roll athletics? To yes, please. Climb? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
no. I roll, I roll, I, I roll a natural one. Uh, so I think, I think probably right as I'm trying to get there, the gust comes, it throws me off balance, and then Sunny like jumps in. He's like, "Wee!" and trips me, and I just face plant into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you start to go up and then the gust slams you. Into the wall. <laughs> I, I, I just like the idea that we all kind of combined these actions to absolutely no good effects. Sonny, go ahead and roll me an acrobatics check. Okay. Because you were caught in the gust. That is a 14 total. Excellent. Okay. So, Sonny, mm-hmm. you run after Svoltir and get caught in the gust. You're pretty good at being in the air when you need to be. Mm. Um, but to all outside viewers, you look like, well, a cat falling. Awkward, <laughs> flailing, but there's a method to the madness. Mm. You manage to get a hand on the wall mm. at the top. Your claws dig in and it hurts quite a bit as it kind of pushes underneath your fingernails. The mortar of the wall feels somehow soft and it doesn't seem like the mortar of a typical wall. Mm. All right. Okay, I made it this far. Let's go. Svolte, maybe you should give him a boost. Get up. Yeah, I stand up. And I just, Damn cat's always under my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you push him up and you get up top. The creatures are close now. In fact, you didn't realize how close they had gotten because you were so wrapped up in what you were doing. Grigori, you being the most cautious, turn first. There are hundreds of them. No more than six feet away from you. And they're just staring and reaching but they can't seem to get any closer. Um, You see like formulas and ideas and like fight or flight mechanisms going off in Grigori's brain. And he looks up at one of the lanterns. Um, Are they within like reach or are they up high? Uh, They're pretty high. I'd say about six feet up. Okay. Um, He stands right under them. Does it look like the light radius is kind of keeping them at bay? Yes. You'd say that looks exactly it. Uh, it's, uh, the, the light, the, the blue magic light. I, I think that if we stay close to them, uh, Sonny, move quick. Uh, you two, like gesturing to himself. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Virgil, come back, come back. He's like <laughs> leading his way out into these shadows and I'm trying to pull this giant dog back. And not strong. <laughs> In fact, as you all start to get closer to the blue light, they seem to just try to get closer, but they can't seem to make it. With every surge of this horde, some of them get pushed a little closer. And once they do that new radius is set. They can get that close again, as though pushing in a soft material. But they are getting closer. Sonny, you get to the top of the wall, and the first thing you see is lights. Hundreds and hundreds of breathtaking lights. It's so pretty. They are lanterns. You can tell they're lanterns because they're so close. But these lanterns could be no more than an inch tall. They flit around through the air like jellyfish in the ocean. Guys, it's so pretty. The lever, Sunny. Sunny, what? I know what? I always tell you not to pull the lever, but now's the right time to pull the lever. <laughs> Sunny immediately uses his feline agility and rushes and yanks on this lever. Excellent. You drop down to the other side of the wall looking for a lever, because I never said there was a lever. <laughs> Just you assume there oh, was one. Yeah. Um, you get to the other side, but you do, in fact, see what looks like it could be a lever, but it's more of a counterweight. Hmm. Um, it's resting on a very particular kind of apparatus, hmm. and you just so go for just it. just jumps on it. Yeah, so you just go for it. <laughs> you hit it, and immediately this counterweight clicks off, and the gate swings open. 
I was pressed so hard against the gate <laughs> that I just topple backwards with a huge dog on top of me and then do the backwards hands and knees crab crawl. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All of you, I assume, go immediately into the gate? Yes. Can I take a lantern with me? You said they're like six feet up. Can I, are they attached to the wall or can I like unhook it? You can try. All right. I'm going to attempt to unhook a lantern. I'm like, this seems useful. Awesome. Possum. Give me a constitution save. Okay. This is Hyrothax on the darkness orbs. Yeah, I know. They, they, I had that thought too. I'm like, oh good, here I am trying to steal magical lights. Uh, constitution save. Mm-hmm. Nine. That is a failure. It is, I assume. It's less than ten. Uh, you take five, uh, we'll call arcane damage. Arcane damage, is that a thing anymore? Force. Force, okay. You take five force damage. Mm. Uh, immediately, as soon as you touch it, your hands burst into flame. Mm. It burns out quickly. If you had to give the feeling a description, it almost feels like you're suddenly suffused with so much life and energy that you start to have a heart attack. You can feel your heart beating against your chest. Your eyes get wide. Your blood vessels swell and you can't think straight. The lanterns stay where they are. Let's get inside. <laughs> uh, you all rush in and now you are met with some kind of counterweight device. You don't know how it works. I'm going to shout from my back like, Sonny, jump off now. But, but do you see that? He just points to these lanterns. You see him just entranced, just watching this one little one just move up and down. Is Sunny currently standing on top of it? Uh, yes, I assume. Mm. I will cast Gust to try to blow him <laughs> off of it. <laughs> sure, yeah, we don't, we're not going to get too complicated about that. You just go immediately tumbling off down next to the wall. Well, that was fun. Uh, but it doesn't automatically reset. There seems to be the counterweight on a chain. And whatever device was designed to keep this in place seems broken. You're guessing not by Sunny. Um, I'm not trained with mechanisms this large, mm -hmm. but I have some history of breaking into doors and certain mechanisms of lock and pick. We'll say anybody who has a reasonable expectation to understand, you know, engineering has an, can roll an intelligence check right now. Okay. Can I do like a thieves tools intelligence to try to see how the mechanism works? Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Wait a shot. Uh, eight my total oh total uh that's not gonna do it one thing i will give you is that this is not something you've ever seen before you've read books about castles and their gatehouses and all sorts of things you have never seen a mechanism like this if you had to guess it works similarly to like a trebuchet but not quite uh can sunny do like an intuition insight check to do the same well do that but in a magooey way no, I'm, I'm, I'm not into it. Sorry. <laughs> you, can't sell me, you can't sell me on that one. Fine. I'm just going to try and push the doors closed. Well, there's a chain connected to a counterweight. Okay. I guess I can try and just strength it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it works. Yeah. You grab the counterweight and try to lift it mm -hmm. to counterbalance the weight that's being pulled down on the thing. Go ahead and give me a strength check. Okay. Athletics or just pure strength? Uh, let's go athletics. Okay. That's better roll. It's not a natural <laughs> one this time. It's 15 total. Excellent. Nice. Um, you definitely get it off the ground, and as you do, you can see the door starting to close. Anybody can help? Uh, I'll snap, and Virgil runs over and puts his whole body under it once he gets it off the ground. Excellent. And starts to help push it up. Cool, cool, cool. Amelia doesn't help, but she does run over and continue to, to look at the mechanism and try to figure it out. Yes. Uh, go ahead and roll me an intelligence check. 14. You can safely assume that if this thing gets lifted and put onto something to bear its weight, the door will stay closed. Is there anything nearby? Um, there was the thing he was standing on. What kind of a thing is it? It looks like just an outstretched um, chunk of wood, but it seems to be connected to the gate by some mechanism. Okay, so can I move it under the... Oh, no, it's attached. 
Okay. Yeah. Svoltir straining with the weight will say, all right, the brain, the axe, that's enough of that. Come on. This is heavy. <laughs> Brute force is the answer here. So we need to get it up onto this lip. Amelia will call out, guys, 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 put it on top of this. As soon as you do, there's a click as it sets into place and it presses the odd little wooden lever down and you see several other counterweights start to click into place and they all fall lifting the door or lifting the mechanism that causes the door to shut completely. Grigori pulls his tail out from under the gate at just the right <laughs> Indiana Jones moment. <laughs> it's like a hat. Um, except as the door closes, it closes with two shadows on the other side. Nope. Reaching out to you desperately. They are now past the light. Mm. Guys. Mm. It's getting closest to Svoltir. And just before one of them touches you, its fingers start to catch blue flame, and it starts to slowly dissolve. You hear a voice behind you. But behind me, behind me? Behind you. I turn and look over my shoulder. There's a young woman standing there. You'd place her somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 years old. She has pale skin, almond eyes, and black hair done up into kind of a ponytail. She's wearing a simple white robe with a red skirt underneath. She has a red ribbon in her hair, a red ribbon around her neck, and she has what looks like a bottle in her hand. Sunny just like, he's going to either walk up to her or tiptoe behind her. One of the two. Just like, are you Brighton? Are you Brighton? She's not a shadow person, right? No. Okay, you said there are two shadow people? They are both dissolving right before your eyes. Okay. I'll look at my burnt hands and I'll be like, all right, maybe the lantern did something. <laughs> As you take a closer look at her, you see that the bottle that she's holding, little blue flame is coming out of it. It looks almost like a, a gourd, almost shaped like an eight, like an hourglass shape. The, the, the shadows are gone. Um, who, who are you? Do you speak Sagnian? She gestures to you and try to pull, tries to pull you towards what looks like a small... Looks like a small structure, underneath which is a fountain of constantly bubbling water. She gestures and pulls you, just urging you to come with her. Nervously looking to the group. Uh, guys, do you think we should follow or just run? Well, it, it beats whatever's on the other side of that gate. Mm -hmm. She's got that blue fire that seems to make the shadows feel bad. She got mm. that blue fire, though. <laughs> All right. Follow. <laughs> <laughs> she, she gets you to this fountain. There's a little, what looks like a stick with a cup on the end. She takes some of the water from under the fountain, looking at you and pointing at it. She runs the water from the fountain over her left hand. Then she takes the stick in her left hand and does the same to her right. Then she does the same to her left hand in a cupped hand and then puts the water to her lips. Mm -hmm. And she just gestures to you frantically trying to get you to do the same. So play in the water. Um, I'm just going to lean down and do like a quick sniff and finger test to doing my stagnant water test for survival scouts to make sure this is clean, drinkable water. It is extraordinarily pure. I think she wants us to do that kind of wet hand ritual. She's nodding frantically and gesturing you. And while she's doing that, she's taken that bottle, blows out the blue flame and pours a small cup. Amelia will go for it. You do what she does and nothing happens. But as soon as that happens, she hands you the cup. And makes a drinking gesture. Amelia will look down at the contents of the cup as if pondering very briefly and then shrugs and kicks it back. Okay. Um, you take a drink and it tastes like alcohol. Very much like a, almost like a white wine, but a little nuttier flavor. <laughs> what, is, 
What is I, that? I, I, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I, y- yeah. She's yes? still speaking the strange language, but you understand her. You speak Signian? I don't know what that means. I... I understand you now. The spirit of the tongue here is different. You have to drink and you have to clean yourself. Make sure they clean themselves. I'll follow suit with what Amelia did trying to impress her. Okay. <laughs> Wait, why does Amy sound weird now? She hands you the cup. Wait, why does Amy sound weird now? And I take a drink and go, tastes like mama's kisses. I, I see, she says, and just takes the cup from you <laughs> and continue. I'm assuming the two of you follow suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Svolt, Svolt here will, will kind of take it and say, Never seen the point in washing your hands, but <laughs> I do that. Oh, oh timely. <laughs> yeah, but when I when I get the uh, when I get the drink, I say, I wouldn't be an Ulfman if I didn't drink the first thing offered to me, and I just <laughs> swig it down like a potion. It's really nice. It's a very smooth flavor. I can't tell if Sunny would just jump in or not. I don't know. It's probably too disrespectful. Yeah. So yeah, just unless it's water and you're a cat. So like... I know. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Okay, yes. Sunny will just do the ritual. As soon as you take the drink, she's looking very eagerly, and then you're finished, and she breathes. I'm very sorry. Mm. I... (sighs) Who are you? You did a magic on us with your fountain water. This is not exactly the case. I did magic, as you say, with this. And she shows you the bottle, which she then corks and ties back onto her belt. We're looking for a boy named Brighton. A, you're looking for a boy? Or a girl. The name's Brighton. It's kind of neutral. It could go either way, really. Another boy? A child like us who spoke in the same tongue that we talked in. You are children? Yeah. She looks at the three of you in particular with long, hard eyes. Looks at your ears. I'm so sorry, Kamisama. I don't think you're children anymore. To the loving families of the Stormclad Thundertikes. I want to begin by telling you how proud I am of your kids. These goobers are fierce. Their focus, their resolve, are the stuff of legends. They have what it takes to be real heroes someday. And that's why I'm sending this letter to you. There's a little boy who needs their help. Brighton Minsk had a fight with his parents and ran away from home. He got lost. So lost he needs brave kids like yours to help him. Normally this would be a league quest with adult adventurers, but for undisclosed reasons, we can't use anybody over a certain age. Your kids recently lost the opportunity to complete in the finals, and the Nexus Enterprise's gracious, uh, scratch that, begrudgingly offered qualifying status on completion of this quest. I could tell you about safety precautions we're taking, but the fact is, your kids would be putting themselves in danger to save another kid you've never met. Our reading suggests that there's a time dilation on the other side, and we don't know which way it goes. Your children may come back different, but if there's even a chance we could save another life, and if I know my thunder takes, the only thing that would stop them from doing this thing would be your approval. And that's why I leave it to you. Yours sincerely, Raphael Preakness, Stormclad Thundertongue. P.S. There's a, a lot of money on this, too. Like like 2K, if that tilts your hat. Just saying.
but the babies. I know. No. <laughs> what were you going to say? I hope they don't kick us out of the little league. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome oh, to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> we got the grown up juice. Poor Sonny. Oh, man. <laughs> this starts to break when he finds out. I'm excited you took the opportunity to do some sweet Japanese on us. Mm. Thank you. I'm glad. I had a character named Nandemo once. It was the only word I recognized in that entire <laughs> spiel. The next thing I was going to, to say, but not for dramatic tension, was that while this is going on, Amelia stops paying attention, pulls out her spell book, and angrily scratches out comprehend languages. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That could be a good intro to the next episode. I like that. Can't We don't have to lose that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, who wants to do the outro first? I'll do what it. What's that? Set the t- yeah, so What's at the end of yeah. every, at the end of it, we have a special guest with us. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go around the table and introduce everyone, and they can introduce themselves when we get to them. So we go around, we say who we are, what we played, um, and then we do our little spiel about the social medias and stuff. Law will handle that. Uh, so my name is Law. Uh, I am not the DM this time, which hey. is very exciting. Uh, I am the creative director of Slapdash Studios, and I am playing Gregory Sangre, the Beastmaster Ranger, level three. How funny would it have been if you had been the DM that whole time, though, and Zach was just really <laughs> winging it as a player? Brilliant. Uh, hi, I'm Alante. I am playing Alice and I, also known as Sunny, the Tabaxi Way of the Sun Soul Monk. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I play Svoltir Ulfmund, the level three bard of the Valor College. Hi, my name is Dana, and I'm playing Amelia, a third level wizard with a divination specialization. That's hard to say. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to this spe- special, special episode of the Little League of Ultimate Questing run by our one and only Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you do oh, your shit, I was going to say. Hi, like, I'm Zach Barkas. I am the uh, technical director for Slapdash Studios, and I am the GM for the first time on this show. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing a Little League thing, uh, waiting for Sam to get back from across the pond, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so... I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. Uh, please visit slapdashstudios.com to get links to all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook. We got a bunch of memes there. And of course, Twitter. Uh, while you're there, check out our Patreon. We've been getting a lot of awesome patrons this month because we give away a lot of cool content. We got digital maps, magic items, class builds, bonus content. Uh, also, if you are a legendary tier patron, your character name can show up in the show or we can use your real name, whatever your preference is. Um, if you're already a legendary tier patron and you want to reach out to us to let us know what name to use, go ahead and do that too. That would be great. Uh, new episodes amazingly come out every Monday, despite all of the hardships we faced over the past the, two months. The fact that we yeah. have still not missed an episode is not a shock. Crazy. No, we haven't even been like more than like an hour or two late Mm-mm. ever. Wow. And I don't know how, because it's been like a year and three months now. Wow, so man. that's awesome. Um, does anyone have anything upcoming they want to plug? My episode of God's Fall is fine. My first episode of God's Fall is finally out. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Aram did eventually get his shit together. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Glad to hear it. Can yeah. Call him out like that? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh. I, I even sent him the clip of me calling him out in the outro in the other episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Uh, but no, it's um, it's episode 101 or 102 of God's Fall. They don't number theirs. So it's called Blood from the Stone Part 1 is my first episode on the God's Fall podcast. You can find that on Twitter, on podcast feeds, all of that stuff. Very cool. Um, we don't have any official copy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Do you have any uh, announcements or uh, social media you want to direct people to or if you're doing any other projects? 
Yeah, I need to check. Sure, yeah, no, totally. Go for yeah, it. this is an opportunity to basically promo yourself. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find time to record my next episode of God's Fall because he's only got like, I think, two in the chamber of mine. I should forewarn everybody. Um, when I am playing an emotional character, I get emotional. You might have noticed I can't separate those two things, so you might see some of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's brilliant. <clears throat> So I'm Dana. I'm a professional dungeon mistress in Portland, Oregon. And I don't have a lot of content to plug right now because I'm mostly <laughs> running games. But I am, am on Twitter as Mistress Dana RPG. And um, I have a website that I've not been nearly as good at updating. <laughs> not nearly so diligent as a No, not nearly so. It's been far too long. But it is dmdana.com um, if you feel like going and giving it a look. But I, I've getting more on social right now do you do uh discord and other like online media games i did not previously all of my gigs um in the in the world that was (laughs) were in person and just now uh, i took like a week just learned roll 20 in and out and now i've i've actually been playing more games than i've ever run um before thanks we'll check that out and hopefully i don't know maybe you might get a sudden huge explosion of online business who knows Uh (laughs) fingers crossed uh, so there is a project that exists called the Trevor Project, and we don't have all the copy to read yet, but keep an eye out because I, as the DM for LUQ, will be donating a session run by me of a League of Ultimate questing game to play online, and there will be an auction, and all that money goes to the Trevor Project, which is a really great organization that helps at-risk LGBTQ youth. Um, they're fantastic. They've been around since 1998, I think. Um, so all the money's going to go to that. There's a lot of great podcasts involved. So when the time comes, we'll be boosting that on social media. If you've ever wanted to be like, I really want to play in a game with law, save up some money and check out this auction when it comes out. Uh, You guys have all been fantastic. Thanks for sticking with us through these strange times and all of our experimental recordings. We've been having a lot of fun doing it. We've been growing like crazy. The best way you can help that to continue happening is to share it with all of your friends you haven't yet. You can tell them we've been in the top 50 podcasts for gaming in the U.S. for the past month. Which is bonkers. It's crazy. So if you need to sell them on that, be like, no, no, really. (laughs) We finally have something to be like, yes, people actually really, really like us. They don't suck, I swear. We've had like 10 people in the past month that have joined our discord all tell us that they listen to all of our episodes like 65 episodes we, in like a week yeah. really? oh my yeah. gosh whoa massive bingers and if, we, if you look at the numbers you see the people where it's like oh five listens for every single episode and then like yeah it's ridiculous oh my god that's incredible yep. yeah big shout out to the new listeners uh, who found us through Dark Dice mm, yes big thanks Again. Big thanks to you guys I don't think we've got to say that in an outro or, or anything yet yeah check so. out Dark Dice if you haven't yet yeah great stuff and until next time we wish you luck. What about we wish you a little luck? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. And until next time, we wish you a little luck. <laughs> <laughs>